My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. We have a very exciting guest coming on the show today, Kendra Corman. She is a list growth coach for entrepreneurs. She is the host of Imperfect Marketing Podcast, and Kendra has more than 15 years of experience in marketing and advertising. She is also the founder and CEO of H2H Consulting. Consulting. Welcome to the show. How's it going, Kendra? It's going great. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Such a privilege to have you on the show. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. We can talk about what's working, some of the challenges, and all together about your business. I'm looking forward to it. Now, before we dive into any of our hot topics, why don't we go ahead and, and kind of go back and if you don't mind taking us a little bit through your journey as to how, how did you get to where you are today? So um, I took an interesting path here. So I started my career at Chrysler. So actually, I think it was Daimler Chrysler at the time, actually now, and worked my way up. Uh, I was the SRT marketing manager. My claim to fame in that job was I learned to drive a Dodge Viper on the Rolex 24 course at Daytona, which was very cool. And then very cool. I was, yeah, I was the Jeep advertising manager, had amazing experiences, learned so much as the Jeep advertising manager. It was a fantastic experience. At the end of 2008, they offered us checks to quit our job. I said, yes, please. Uh, I quit my <laughs> job and ended up as the marketing director at a wholesale insurance company and really started to notice the difference between marketing, marketing agencies, and the processes that were available. Got my MBA and decided to go off on my own. It's when I created H2H Consulting and worked as a full-service outsourced marketing department for small businesses and nonprofits. And now I've branched into training and consulting and VIP days to help people even more cost-effectively do better marketing for uh, themselves, their business, their companies, and help them grow. Wow. That's amazing. I, I love that you mentioned your Jeep advertising manager and you worked at Chrysler. Cause I used to, you know, I used to work at um, Jim Gauthier Chevrolet for the longest time. So when COVID happened, I was like, oh, hell yeah. It was a lot of fun, but I was like, mm, you know what? I think I will take the layoff <laughs> and I will go travel the world. So, <laughs> but it go. was a yeah, lot of fun. I, I loved working there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything happens it. for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. So do you mind Kendra kind of telling us exactly where you're at within the business now? I know we touched on it a little bit, but if you could dive in a little bit deeper as to maybe how you deliver your services um, and where's that? So I'm moving a little bit away from the full service model, partially because it's not a scalable business. Um, doing everybody's marketing 
adds up a lot of time. Uh, one of the principles in starting HDH Consulting was really making sure that I don't nickel and dime my clients. So I don't question things. If we have an event coming up, we do what it takes to launch that event. If you know there's certain things that we need to do or change or additional collateral we need to create, we just do it. We don't nickel and dime and start questioning everything that we're doing and whether or not they've got enough time left and et cetera. So it's just... Providing extra value for those who pay for their services is key to me. And so what I've done now is in migrating over to KendraCorman.com, which is where I'm headed, um, I have started to launch VIP days, which are uh, six to eight hour days where we build a marketing strategy that an entrepreneur can execute on their own. So getting them started, getting them narrowed down and focused into an actionable plan. Then to continue their accountability, I have individual coaching and group coaching programs. And then I also have my online courses. So I have my email marketing, which is List Growth 101, which is a course that I launched last year in 2022. And then this year I'm launching in April uh, blog writing for people and SEO course. And then I'm launching a podcast course come uh, September. So exciting. Well, you have a lot on the go. This is very exciting. Now, how did, what is your client acquisition like? What is that process like? So HDH Consulting was fully referral. But KendraCorman.com, the idea behind that is to be able to scale, to give people more access to someone that has over 15 years of experience in marketing and marketing that's focused on getting an ROI or return on investment, yeah. not necessarily marketing that's like, oh, today's theme is let's do X, Y, or Z, you know, let's do Instagram, let's do reels, let's do be real. You know, it's not about that. It's about using tried and true processes, a little bit of experimentation, because that's always important and getting people over the finish line. And so to do that, I've had to expand my reach. And I've done that now through my podcast, a little bit of Facebook ads, but most of it is just driving people to resources that are going to help them. Because that's my ultimate goal is to help people. So most of my ac customer acquisition is through a white paper downloadable checklist, one of those freebies that we have online. And then they get into my email funnel. And then I start sending them weekly emails that highlight lessons learned out of the podcast. I find that the podcast is one of the best ways to connect with people because then they start to feel like they know me because they hear me over and over. They hear my voice, even when I'm highlighting guests. Again, we get that connection that they wouldn't otherwise have, which is very fun. And then we, um, and then eventually I about three times a year, I do sales pushes through my emails. So it's mostly value added. And then I do the sales pushes um, and launches, I guess I would call them. And that's when people purchase and then they become customers and get into that funnel. And it's been very, very good. And the response has been very positive so far. But that nurturing through it. email is the key. I love it. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the podcast being, I mean, starting 
to be an incredible resource for connections and global connections, right? I agree with you there. I mean, the connections internationally, globally, all over the world that you would normally never have a chance to uh, make these connections. But with a podcast, it's so possible and the opportunities and doors that open are endless and, you know, connections and clients and people who, you know, grow your business from simply meeting on a podcast is possible, right? So I agree with that 100%. Um, Podcasting is such a powerful tool. And I'm a really good writer. I love writing. I used to be, I used to deal with my blog. My blog was a great source of business. The podcast in less time has dwarfed the response that I got from my blog. And I think part of that's consistency and the fact that it's a lot easier to be consistent with a podcast for me, at least, than it was necessarily blog writing all the time. Because sometimes I was just tired and didn't want to write. Absolutely. And I agree with you there. The consistency is huge. I mean, you build such authority and, and credibility using the podcast. And I mean, if you're having fun with it, even better. I love podcasting. It makes it enjoyable. And um, what a way to grow your business, right? If you enjoy it and you're passionate about it. It's so fun. again, these connections you're talking about that happen all right. over. These are conversations I wouldn't have with anybody else if it wasn't for the podcast, because I wouldn't be motivated to release another interview on Thursday. Absolutely. And then the people listening to you, your audience knows, likes, and trusts you because they get to know you. And like, I don't know if this has happened. I'm sure it has, but like further down the line, all of a sudden someone messages you and is like, I've binge watched all your episodes and I love it. And I need to work with you. You know, that happens too. And it's just like, wow, I am adding valuable insights that are actually relating to people, you know? I have a friend who has a podcast and I mean, she's actually gotten calls for job offers off of her podcast, which is pretty cool. They're like, oh, it's so neat that you have a podcast. Would you be open to interviewing for this position? And so it's just, it's a powerful tool, no matter how you use it. 100%. So speaking of podcasting, if you build it, um, if you start a podcast, people aren't just going to show up. Uh, You know, how would you go about getting out there and, and, and sharing your podcast. Cause a lot of people, you know, start one, but it doesn't mean people are just all of a sudden going to start listening. Can we touch on that a little bit? Of course. Cause pod fades a real thing. My first podcast pod faded. Um, it may get about eight episodes. I think is what I heard the last seven or was. eight, mm-hmm. seven or eight. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that you know, you, you create these episodes, but people aren't just going to find you. So I always recommend first that you launch with at least four episodes. That seems to be the magic number that people need to hear to actually subscribe to your podcast. Cause then they have a feeling for what all of your shows are about. And so they're more likely to, to subscribe. And which is interesting because most people just want to launch. And I'm like, no, get four and then start launching. Um, I agree with you. you. Get a few episodes before launching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're not going to subscribe to just one episode. And so if you no, can get them four or way more, honestly, yeah. yeah, you're right. So then um, when you then you just have to put it out there everywhere. 
You have to talk about it everywhere you are, you go. So it should be linked in your email signature. It should be linked on your website. You need to be posting about it on social media. You need to, you know, I started my podcast by interviewing people in my network. They shared it with their networks. That got me right. exposure to their networks. And when they shared it, then, and again, they're my friends when I started off in my network, right? So I knew that they were going to share it out. And then I started to get a few listeners and a few more listeners and a few more listeners. I was also patient on my growth. That's an, another piece of it. But you, I changed to a weekly email that links to my podcast. I have my podcast on my website. My podcast has its own website. I share about it on social media. I share every episode at least three times on social media, a story of, and two posts. So those are key pieces because again, not everybody is seeing everything you're sharing on social media. So you need to share things multiple times. And I think people overlook that a lot. There's so many different aspects of an episode that you can share with people, but um, I use it. I teach I um, adjunct faculty at a local university and I use it in my courses. I will DM or respond to people with an episode if they have, if I find they have a question on social media that can connect them with a solution or a different perspective of what they're dealing with. And I really try to create things that add value in training. And when you're thinking about value in training or value in education before everything else, before monetizing or increasing your reach, people feel that authentic connection. And then mm -hmm. that's when it actually starts to monetize and grow and the leads start coming in and people start calling you saying, listen to all your episodes and I want to work with you. I agree with you. And I think that like when, when there, there's some times where people are so attached to that money and that sale, and it's like, it just doesn't come then it just doesn't work that way. But when you release that attached feeling to the outcome, that's when it flows. And just when you're authentic and you're just there to provide that value and help, if you can, that's where the, like, it'll make a difference. If you're not so focused on that sale, you're not so attached to it. Let the money flow in and add value. Yep. It's all about value. Marketing yeah. should be all about value. I agree with you. Now let's talk a little bit about leveraging your podcast for marketing. I know that you have a lot to add behind this. If we could just dive right into that, I think this is important. Um, a very important topic to cover. So one of the things that I find that most of my clients struggle with is content. They don't have enough of it to share, or they don't feel like they have enough of it to share on a regular basis. And that's unfortunate because all of us are experts in our own field. And in, you know more than somebody else, and they can learn from you. And so yeah. there's so much you can share. But again, content and content creation really slows people down. So creating podcast episodes can fuel things like your social media posts. You can post about your about your podcast everywhere. You've got the audiograms, the videograms. I mean, you can literally do so much with your podcast and so many extensions with your podcast. You can fuel YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, all of them, LinkedIn, with content from your podcast. 
In addition, the show notes can have links to additional resources if people are more interested in that topic, whether it be your guests' additional resources or your additional resources, like it can fuel that. And you're able to actually answer questions. Again, going back to that value, you can answer questions that people are asking online, which helps you be found. It helps your website be found and all of your content be found. I always encourage people to answer questions. Start with questions. It's the easiest way to generate content. And just talking about it and sharing your expertise is one of the best ways to do that. My Again, my podcast fuels my email marketing. Every week I send out an email letting them know about the interview that I had and a couple of key takeaways. So if they're not podcast listeners, they can still get some of those takeaways. But if they want to listen to the episode, they can hear it and they can listen and they can learn. But the podcast driving your marketing, I have people all the time. I have some people have never listened to an episode because they're not talk about my podcast. They're like, how's the podcast going? I saw your post about whatever. People are very intrigued with it. Mm -hmm. And I encourage people not to get scared by the numbers of new podcasts being created all the time. It's still not as crowded a space as people think. It's nowhere near as crowded a space as blog writing. Exactly. I agree with that. Don't be afraid to start. Yes, there's tons of podcasts, but there's blogs way more. And honestly, podcasts, like you have your own voice. It's so different. You can be unique and authentic in yourself where you can't, you can't get that same, you can't get that same feeling anywhere else is what I believe anyway. And I've got a mix of episodes. So on Tuesdays, I release what I call an imperfect marketing brief, which is less than 15 minutes. A lot of times it's less than five minutes. And it's usually a marketing tip or insight or trend. And then on Thursdays, I have my interview episodes. So you can do hybrids like that. You can do shows that are just your content. You can do interviews. You know, again, it's such a flexible medium that it's the the possibilities are endless. And your ability to reach people is endless with it. Like, yeah, endless opportunities, honestly, and global. Like you can't, I don't find this opportunity to to grow globally is so crazy. Like imagine if we didn't have podcasting and we were just growing within our own community. Like it's, it just blows my mind how things have changed and what opportunities we have now. And I think every entrepreneur should really have a podcast because why, why give up that opportunity? I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Podcasting again is so flexible. There's ways that you can create it so that it meets your needs. Again, I have a friend who people comment about her podcast all the time. She releases an episode every other week. She doesn't release one a week. You don't, you don't need to go to any specific set rules per se. Um, when it comes to podcasting, but consistency is important. So when you pick your schedule, yes. you stick with it. Consistency is key in every area of life. <laughs> it is for the most part, for the most part. So, you know, ha- getting leads from your podcast, and I know we, we mentioned content and everything like that, but how is that, if you don't mind touching again on how that has uh, helped your email marketing efforts? So, One of the things, again, with podcasting is you own your podcast. 
So I encourage everybody to set up their own podcast account. Like don't have an agency do it or anything like that. They can help you, but make sure it's your logins because you want to own your podcast. One of the things I'd say all the time, and I know it's a popular phrase that people use is social media is rented land. You own email marketing. You own your website. You own your podcast. You want to build the things that you own because you can control that. So if Facebook goes down for a day, your podcast is still out there and people can still access it. And if iTunes went down, my website that hosts my podcast still has it, you know, and Spotify and everything else that goes along with it. And so always trying to transition people from things that are rented to what you own is what's important. That's why I'm always trying to move people from social media to the podcast then to click and download one of the freebies that are related to the topic. And then again, getting into my email list where I own that contact information. I can't get it anywhere else. And taking that and then being able to nurture them, either with a welcome series or with a single email and then move them into my weekly emails, whichever you'd like to do, it's totally flexible. But the idea behind it is it, it's a tool that gets you to take people from things that you don't own and get them into your funnel and your system where you can nurture them. And that's the key with lead generation. You know, again, you know, I'm H stage consulting was 100% referral based, 100%. I think every single client I have came from a referral or a comment from somebody else. And yes, they got exposure from my social media and my email marketing, but that's really not where it was. And in order to scale, I needed new people. I needed new blood. And I get probably on average, every podcast episode I release, I probably get around 10 new people on my email list. And that's consistently growing. That's incredible. That's why why it's a great lead generator. A hundred percent. 100%. I mean, to get that new blood and to scale, you need to keep growing, right? And have new clientele and that. Yeah, I agree with you. So referrals dry up over time. So you can't count on them forever. No, not forever. And referrals are great. But I mean, like we, we always, we get to a point where we're ready to scale and we're like, okay, what's the next step? Now, have you found anything besides the consistent or no, you were really good at consistency. I I know that's a challenge for so many people, so many entrepreneurs that I asked this question to. So that's why it popped up. But any other challenges within the podcast that you So consistency was a challenge. It was okay. Consistency was a challenge. So when I decided to do an interview style version of the podcast, I started with my network. Well, then you have to find people outside your network because your podcast isn't going to grow overnight, right? So you've got to grow it yourself. You've got to nurture it. You've got to give it some time to grow. Again, I tell people to do something consistently for at least 90 days before you decide if it's working or not. And the problem I had was, okay, now I've been through my, you know, my audience or my, my network. Now, where do I get guests from? And it was a struggle because people would cancel last minute or, um, and not reschedule. And I'm like, well, today's Wednesday. And that was tomorrow's episode. Well, guess I'm doing a solo show tonight. (laughs) And, you know, and I have to create that because the consistency was important, but it was 
frustrating me to the point where I thought I was going to end the podcast because getting guests was so hard. And so I ended up um, getting on Podmatch and I don't know what, I know that you guys use Podmatch and other people do too, but that's where I have started to find my guests and I'm able to actually find excellent guests. You can pre-interview them, not pre-interview them. You know, you can get the reliable, reliable. They're going to show up. You can, there's just so much power there. That was a huge, huge benefit that took a ton of stress off of me when it came to the podcast. Amazing. Yeah. Podmatch is incredible. Yeah. And it is, it's, you know, even myself still get some cancellations or no shows, you know, and that is stressful because you prepare for them. You put a lot of energy and thought into it and then have, and I know things come up, but you know, Podmatch is incredible for having the, a lot better fit people come on the show that are a little bit more reliable at times. And um, yeah, it's been very helpful for us as well. And you can name different things too. So like for me, categorize it. Yeah. So for me, if I want to talk about SEO in March, I can do SEO in March, but if I want to talk about blogging in April, I can do that because I can pick people that are experts in those categories and they reach out to me, not just me reaching out to them. Right. It's a super powerful tool. Such a powerful tool. Now, what would you say is your, your favorite? And then obviously maybe one of the biggest challenges still today with coaching that you find? Oh, so one of the things I like most about coaching is the, the impact I'm able to make when I talk to people and get them focused on what they, what's going to make a difference in their business. Right. Cause I do, unlike a lot of business coaches, you know, I give advice. We work through it together to try and figure out what their best next steps are because this is marketing and I have an expertise in that. Um, I had one person call me and they're like, well, I'm not going to do, I don't do cold calls. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You don't have to do cold calls. How are we going to replace that? What are we going to replace that with? And we were able to go ahead and create a plan that worked around cold calls and so that they don't have to do that. And we're able to do that by having a conversation, understanding who their target audience is. I love seeing those aha moments. I love getting the phone call. The light bulb. I love getting a phone call when they're leaving their networking meeting and they're like, Hey, by the way, I'm super excited. I had a long conversation with people about Instagram and how much it's doing for their business. And I got in the car and I did not say I'm going home to start playing around with Instagram. I've got a solid strategy. I know what to do and I'm going to keep doing that. And I'm not going to waste my time with something that's where my audience is not working at because we already talked about it. I'm like, if you have more time, great, go and explore that. But they're able to have consistent time and effort into the platforms that work for them and can reach their target audience, which is so, so exciting when the people get that that reaction and their ability and the confidence to say, no, I have a plan. I don't need to get knocked off that plan yet. And then when they're ready to add more stuff, we can do that. I would say the biggest struggle that that I have with coaching is that becoming from a do it all for everybody, I'm always still tempted to like do it all for them. And I'm like, no, right. Like I'm giving you the tools to do it. And that's a really big, a big struggle. Um, 
The other thing is, I don't think all business or all entrepreneurs really understand the value of coaching. I was one of them. Don't get me wrong. I was like, I'm paying how much for what? Um, no, thank you. I know what I'm doing. I've got an MBA. I've got a master's of account. I can do this. But there's right. so much value. We're just too close to our businesses that even if you're a marketing expert, that you can't necessarily, you're just too close to your business and you need that outside fresh perspective, whether you right. get it from a coach or a friend, or I've got a solopreneurs, a female solopreneurs group that we get together regularly. Those are the types of things that can connect you and get you the help, advice, and clear perspective that you need on your business. And I think getting people to understand that value when they when they think they know it all at the time, that's one of the hardest struggles. Yeah. And you're definitely not alone there. I hear, I hear it all the time and I, I see it myself, like, you know, not seeing, not understanding the value behind the offer, but then they don't make, they think something's going to change and they don't need the help. But then six months down the road, a year or two years, nothing's changed. So mm -hmm. Definitely get the frustration in regards to that a hundred percent, you know, um, that's, and that's the struggle for all entrepreneurs. I believe a lot of the time, you know, uh, it's building that belief and, and, um, that's, that can be tough sometimes when people are closed-minded. Right. So, mm -hmm. and also I think the fact a lot of people don't see, and I could be wrong about this, but a lot of people don't see the value in investing in themselves and in, in the coaching. Yeah. I was when there. It's yeah. Yeah. I've been there as well. Yeah. So Andrew, tell me a little bit about your biggest focus and desire for 2023. I know you've got a lot on the go. You, you mentioned like Kendra at Corm Corman.com and scaling and VAP days, SEO and podcasting, like a lot of stuff on the go, but any main desires um, and goals you'd like to achieve in the next six to 12 months? So my big goals are I'm going to try and achieve um, 200 uh, students through my courses this year, which is a big stretch goal. So I'm very excited about that. Um, that again, trying to bring affordable marketing tools and practical education to people, um, especially with an uncertain economy, I want people to be able to have the tools to do it themselves. So that's a big one. And then growing my podcast downloads is another big one. So I'm very focused on that, providing more and more value, as much value as I can to, to increase that. I'm very excited. I'm around 32 to... 35 average um, per episode right now. And my goal is to get over 40. And then once I hit that, then I'll, then I'll set a new goal. But um, I actually have my download counter on my vision board off to the side here. Um, so those are, those are really big ones for me um, because I want a business and I want the tools to be able to conduct business anywhere. My parents are getting older. My husband's parents are getting older. So I need to be able to have that flexibility as mm. um, as they continue to age in place and, and potentially need more help. So right. those are, are really um, big things for me. It's part of why I went into business myself is to have some flexibility. And 
before, I would say before, well, really up until like 2021, I didn't have much flexibility. I was working my butt off start, you know, because everybody needed more help as we were transitioning into during COVID and post COVID to really help my clients grow. And there wasn't any flexibility. I want to be able to, my sister called me and she needs me to to pick up my niece from school in um, a couple of weeks. I want the flexibility to be able to leave at 2.30 when I have to go get her in the middle of the day. You know, I can, I'll go back to work later. It's not that I'm not working enough hours, but having that option to mm -hmm. be able to. And that's, and that's going to be key. And that's what the, the courses and the VIP days are going to allow moving forward sharing my expertise and really helping people have those aha moments is extremely important to me. I actually have those on my vision board that I was creating earlier this year. I love it. It's it's so rewarding when it's like, aha, we figured the solution out and it's working. It's such a rewarding feeling. You know, you're making such a difference in someone's life and business, even at their, their at home life, you know, how much that can help. So I love it. Yeah. And this it's just unparalyzing people. You know, people yeah. get, don't know where to start. There's so many options. They just need a little right. bit of help to get started. And then once they do, it's amazing what they can achieve with purpose and direction, having a narrowed down niche and a specific target audience. It's just so powerful. And I just, I get fueled by it every time. <laughs> That's amazing. And you mentioned narrow down niche. Why do you think that is so important? Because I am also on the same page as you on that. And I just think maybe um, we can touch on it and share it with our audience. So you can't be all things to all people. You have to be something to someone. And when we all start out, we all start out with our like our big, well, we don't want to turn anything down. I mean, we need money. I mean, I needed to pay the mortgage because my husband's like, yeah, sure. You can start your company, but you better bring in your half of the mortgage. And, you know, so, you know, we don't focus at that time. You need to be and stand for something that way. Other people can talk about you and can share about you and can refer you and connect you to others. So, you know, depending on where your niche is, like a friend of mine, she's focused very much on LinkedIn and that is her entire business model is LinkedIn training courses, coaching, the whole thing. It's all LinkedIn. And there's so much opportunity for her. She gets calls all the time that she's directing over to me and to other people. People are scared of niching down because they think that's going to turn away business. And it's the opposite. More people call you because they know what you do. And then they ask you, hey, do you know someone that does this? And you can say, yes, actually, I do that in addition to whatever. If it's in your wheelhouse and it fits, you can actually like accept more work and you actually get more work the more focused you are. 100%. Niche it down and focus. It's so important because like you said, you can't be everything to everyone. You have to be something to someone. And I, I honestly, I believe like scaling and everything like that, it, you, it's incredibly helpful to have it not be so broad and really narrow it down as to something specific and figure out exactly who your avatar is. It's going to make such a difference and you're not going to be chasing or attracting 
you know, leads that aren't a great fit for the program, or maybe you're not a great fit for them, or they're not a great fit for the program either way. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Narrow it down and focus on something, a couple things. It doesn't have to be everything. No, exactly. And again, have you ever, I mean, if you've ever read a print ad or gotten an email or seen an, seen, um, an article and you start nodding your head, it was written for you. And that's what you want your ideal customers to do for you. And if you can achieve that, I mean, that's like the gold standard when it comes to, um, anything in marketing is to get your customer nodding their head going, yes, this is me. I'm struggling with whatever it happens to be. And then they want to go ahead and move it forward. It's just, it, I think it's just so powerful. Very powerful. I agree. Thank you so much for everything that you shared today, Kendra. This has been absolutely amazing. You had so much value to add. This is what I'm looking for on my show. So I appreciate you. And it was a privilege having you on. Now, if anyone's looking to connect with you and the services that you have to offer, what would be what would be some of the best ways to go ahead and reach out? So you can visit KendraCorman.com, which is my new website. And if you'd like, um, I also I have a resources page there that you can go ahead and download a ton of free stuff that will help you get your marketing on track. Um, you can message that through me. If you want to drop me an email, you're welcome to email me at support at KendraCorman.com or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. All of them are great options. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kendra. This has been so much fun and I'm really glad we made it work to connect together today. Love podcasting for that reason. So thank you so much for your time. It was so much fun. Amazing. Amazing. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like, and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Kendra Corman did today to share your story, share your knowledge, talk about the business and podcast, what's working, some of the challenges, please go to top100interviews.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks so much, Kendra. Bye guys. Catch you on the next episode. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.